You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in this same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Angela, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, I don't know what's going on right now. So I got a double voice. Everybody bear with me. Sorry for the rough start. All right, let me. I think I got. I think I got. Nope. Oh, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I don't know why this is happening. All right, y'all bear with me. All right, let me check. All right, let me check. Right. No, nope, still a. No. Can you still hear the double voice? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, I gotta figure out. All right, y'all. Right, Not this is a new one. All right. All right. All right. All right, y'all. Forgive me. I don't. I've had this happen before. I can't remember how to get rid of the double voice. Mm. I'm sorry, y'all. We've been doing this for a number of years. I've had this happen one other time. And usually when I go through the phone, this works. Let me try this. What about, can you hear me now still? Yes, I can hear you. All right, y'all. We finally got it figured out. So thank y'all for bearing with me for the five minutes of literally we checked this two minutes before the show and didn't have this problem. So I don't know what's going on right now. It's kind of unclear. Um, but we're going to get this show started. Thank you, Angela, for holding me down. I was hoping you were able to talk while you couldn't hear me. Um, just uh, definitely a weird time for it to happen right at the beginning of the show. We literally just talked right <laughs> before the show started. So, um, but either way, we're going to get this figured out. I am on my phone now. We're going to make this thing work from my phone, which is a little more difficult to run the board, but we're going to make it work. Uh, with that said, okay. let's get started with this morning's discussion question. Men with high body counts, does it matter? 
men with high body counts, does it matter? Um, if you will, Angela, before you tell me your first thought in hearing that question, let's give people a little bit of your background and why I invited you on for the show. I wanted, before we had our technical difficulties, I was going to highlight, and I'll say it right now, how you've been on our top shows for this year, and people have enjoyed these conversations uh, when it comes to talking about sex. We always do hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. And so anytime I'm doing a show in this area, I usually try to bring you on. So if you will, tell them a little bit about your background, and then I'll have you give me your first thought to this morning's discussion question. Go ahead, Queen. Let them know who you are. Thank you for being with me. Oh, no problem. I'm super excited to be here. Um, well, so I've been talking about teaching about sex at sex education for the last 30 years. Honestly, I teach holistic uh, tantric sexuality and how we bring that into our relationships and make our relationships a little bit better. Um, and we cover the gamut, especially from people of color, right? Um, yes. I think that's about it. No, I love it. So with that said, uh, when I called you and said, hey, here's the conversation, men with high body counts, does it matter? Do you recall what your first thought was? And don't go too deep. We'll go to a break and then we'll get into your second and third thought after that. Um, for anyone out there listening, I was looking to have a special guest on. I haven't been able to catch up with him, so I do want to highlight for those who may have been looking for Dr. Grady. Um, hopefully everything's okay with him, but I did want to highlight it just for anyone out there listening that may be looking for him as well. Um, so hopefully we'll get him on if everything's okay. Um, but with that said, Queen, yeah, what was your first thought when you heard that question this morning? Um, so, wow, I smiled and chuckled and said, winner, this is going to be a great conversation because it's not something we talk about, you know, body count for men. So I'm super excited about it. And I do hope nah, that my brother gets on this morning. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Dr. Grady had told me he had a lot to say about this, and so hopefully we'll get his um, expertise on this show, because for anyone that's a long-time listener, y'all know for the most part, um, I love to moderate the conversation and bring on people who are specialized within the field of conversation that we may be talking about, obviously, um, all the years that you spent teaching Angela in the, as you say, the sexual tantric area, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, so definitely wanted to have your expertise. And then also a therapist who wanted to talk about it, you know, literally from the psychology of it. And so um, in the event that we're not able to get him on, we're going to hold this show down. Hopefully the callers out there listening uh, will jump in and maybe tell us some of their experiences or what they think. And we're going to make, you know, make do um, again, hoping everything's okay with Dr. Grady. Um, but it, with that said, I'll give my, um, Additional thoughts, I kind of shared it in the promotions that, you know, I definitely wanted to flip the conversation on his head. Um, and, you know, typically when we're talking about body counts, the focus is always on you as the women, right, and how Absolutely. we as men see it. Um, and so we wanted to, you know, in a sense, not only just flip the question as far as to say, hey, how do you women see it, but also, again, with the hopes of getting a professional on to talk about can there be consequences, you know, above and beyond, if you will, just the, the the things that are understood, the risk of pregnancy, the risk of STDs, these things are things that have well been understood for years. So we wanted to get into it, you know, in a sense from a deeper standpoint and how it may or may not affect relationships. And a lot of people, um, the culture pushes, if you, in my opinion, that it's not a big issue for men. And, you know, wanted to ask our expertise, you know, our expert, is that the case? Um, because I've definitely, you know, myself as, um, I have went through my, if you will, sowing my wild old stage, which is encouraged by society. <laughs> and I'm, you know, not 100% determined that, you know, determined that it's harm me or help me, if you will. I have my own personal right. ideas of, you know, now that I'm older, where I can kind of allude to 
um, to think, you know, ways that, you know, it may have bothered me or where, you know, may not have bothered me. And so obviously I'll be giving my personal opinions with that. But again, we are going to go ahead and open up the phone lines after this break. Um, again, if we're not able to get Dr. Grady on, we'll make do if we will, Queen. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You will have to press one to let us know you want to speak, and we'll get you in on this morning's discussion question. Men with high body counts, d- does it matter? Men with high body counts, does it matter? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? you lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not, tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with tchmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. Change the game. The happiest relationships are when, like, they're both virgins. Like, that's number one. But it's like, if a man slept with around, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was roughly, like, three partners versus eight or nine partners. He's happily, he's happier in his relationship when he's at eight or nine. Yeah, I, I, I attest to that. I think men, this has just been my experience. The more women I've slept with, the more I've worked out what it is I want and what I don't want. It's essentially, mm. it's unintentionally been a screening process, a weeding out the week type of process. Yeah, and, now it's, and now it's essentially, it left me in a position where I knew exactly what I wanted, what, I, what was completely non-negotiable, and I would shoot for that. I would be very selective. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates along with special guest co-host Angela Connor. This morning's discussion question, men with high body count, does it matter? We are fortunate enough to get Dr. Grady on with us, Dr. Anthony Grady on with us this morning. So, Will King, thank you for getting on with us. Um, just give people a quick background. I hope you heard some of that cut because we want to get right into this morning's discussion question. But thank you for being with us, King. Um, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing, sir? Sorry for being late, man. That time difference kills me sometimes. How's it going? Oh, no, nah, you good, brother. We, yeah, we just all good, man. We got you on right now. But uh, you've been in this space for a long time, and as I was telling, I was telling people for the break, if we were fortunate enough to get you on, you were highly interested in discussing today's question, men with high body counts, does it matter? So if you will, just do a background and go ahead and jump in uh, why you were so interested in that question, if you will. Well, first, my name is Dr. Anthony Grady. I'm from Chicago. Do mental health, uh, Northwest Indiana to Chicago, between both states. Um, I've also uh, worked in social service most of my life, trying to figure out how we can help people versus punish people or be more punitive as a group. Um, I think when we talked about this conversation, it resonated with me because I was talking to a couple of young men, and that's been that whole thing. I have a young man. That's his whole focus. How many? How many? Does that quantify who he is? It doesn't qualify who he should be. And so that's been a big conversation I've had with young people, especially about more safety. And why does that make sense? Even with some of the older guys I deal with, that's been the conversation. Oh, I got this, and I did this, and she this, and this, this, and this, and this. And 
the question is at the end of the day, what are you really getting out of that? And what does that prove or how does that set you apart from anybody else who may not have as many partners or have who may not be chasing a number of how many people they could be with. So I think it's important to kind of talk about the safety aspect of that because there's definitely some things that I realized with a couple of my buddies are more driven because they were hurt. And so now they just are more in tune and say, I'm going to just do me. And I think that's a little reckless sometimes. No, absolutely. It's definitely a lot deeper discussion. And again, glad to have your expertise on this show. And if I will, I'm going to refer back to the cut just that we just played after the break, um, just to get your quick thoughts and as well as my special guest co-host, Angela. So she'll say hello to you um, um, after you give a response to this as well. So the cut I just played just um, came from um, Jess Pearlie's YouTube page, if I will, if you will. And she was highlighting some actual data out there that was showing um, for men, that uh, Well, she, what she highlighted first is to kind of highlight the whole cut. She highlighted that the happiest relationships, uh, and she was referencing like satisfaction via sex is pretty much what she was referring to. So the happiest relationship were when both the man and the woman were virgins, if you will. And then down that line, she was saying that there was data showing that men who had had eight to nine partner, partners were actually more um, happier the, the couple was happier than for the men who had only had three partners. So there, again, there was the high point of both being virgins, which I think we think for the most part, that's highly unlikely in 2023. Again, it does happen, <laughs> but that's probably not, the, that's the minority of course, but it was, but she was highlighting that men having a few more was actually better than just having a few, if you will. And then the man after her pointed out that he thought that it was, very good for him to kind of figure out exactly what he want by having different women, different women. Now he didn't mention how many he had had. She just pointed out there was some data highlighting that eight to nine was better than three. Um, your thoughts, Dr. Grady, in reference to just kind of hearing us open up with this discussion when it comes to men's body counts. You know, I'm, I got mixed feelings, I guess. I think that for me, that goes with experience. You know, I think men are, are, confidence when you talk about intimacy is a big thing with men. You know, even with women as well, I believe. But women are, I, I think, take more leadership role in that area. But men are, are, is about confidence. But I think this day and age, it shifts from the confidence and learning a want to know what you want to it's a status quo. And I, and I think the status quo is to identify that I'm a man. And the question is, did I really quantify you as a man because you have a high number of women that you've been involved with? Does it even make you more experienced? Because I think me was, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the intimacy out of that? Or are you looking at the badge of honor? And I think that's where that great line is for me. And so I think I can agree with some of that, but I think some of it also just falls on to society of how men are projected or how they should be depending on the environments they come from. No, nah, it makes sense. Angela, your thoughts on that cut as well? Yeah, so... I guess the, the elephant for me is what's considered a high body count, right? Um, and then who they're sleeping with um, and why you're sleeping with them or having sex with them or being intimate, however you want to look at it. But, you know, body count doesn't really – it doesn't qualify being a man, right? Body count doesn't really do that. That just says that you – physically can go out there and hit something or have sex with something doesn't mean that you're really a man just because you have a high body count. And why are you having a high body count? 
who is it with? What are you picking up from that? Because we know that sex is more than just a physical connection. It's an intimate, it's a, a spiritual connection as well. So if you're out there just running rampant and not really thinking about who you're with, then that body count it can be devastating in a relationship. If you're right. having let me, let me ask you, let me ask you specifically to the cut. It's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I was just saying specific to the cut, any thoughts about the data showing that eight or nine was more of a happy place than three, right? Like zero, two, you know, two people going in there, exploring each other, not knowing each other's bodies was the happiest place when it came to intimacy. But just again, any thoughts to I that? I disagree. I disagree. Point? I disagree. Yeah, I, I think you, it really is. Yeah. So I was just wondering, yeah, like, the, so the data it is the data. How old so. data. It depends on how old that data is too, though, right? I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, yeah. well, 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 here it is. Here it is. What? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So, so, so I, I wasn't, it's not so much about the arguing with the data much. It's just okay. I'll, I'll, I will say this though. I will say this. So, so I mean, I get you know we can't disagree with the data. I'm just saying that the data right. is the data, and I'm not saying that the data is telling everybody's story. That's not what I'm trying to say here or whatever. Right. But I was yeah. But but versus just the, do you agree with the data or not? It's just if it if it is actual, any thoughts about. That and I'm not saying that eight or nine is a high number because I think we're. I mean, I think really that's still a low number in my personal opinion. Um, you know, just based on the times that we're in. So I'm not even caught up in the high yet. I was just curious about that data exactly. point showing that there was more pleasure and why you think that might be. I, I have a thought, but I was just wondering why you why you thought. Did you have a thought for why that might be? Um, I guess exposure. You know, just try, trial and error. I guess that would be the biggest thing. Maybe um, when they have experienced a few different things and they've tried it, then maybe that's what's making it more uh, appealing. I'm not really. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, no absolutely. Yeah, like, I'll give a quick thought, and then Dr. Drady, you can jump right back in. And so, um, it's like, again, I love that the high point of sexual satisfaction is is between two people who only explored themselves like that's dope to see that there's a lot of satisfaction based on you know again based on what data is available that that's out there i i do think i understand that in a sense once you've kind of dipped in the pond and now have an idea prior to getting into a marriage if you will right i i i can see some benefits to what the guy said after the fact right like oh i've kind of figured out exactly what i you know what i want and so I can see how, um, you know, a, a few experiences, when you expand that a little more, now you can be a little, in a sense, more accurate in what you want in a mate. Now, that argument in itself, and I know a lot of men make this argument, and, and, and so, and Dr. Grady, you've already kind of talked about this, but while that argument can make sense, and I think it equals it makes sense within that data point, right? That a few more was better than just a few, but somebody making that argument could absolutely say, well, yeah, if that's the case, why wouldn't I explore as much as I want? Meaning let's take the number way above eight or nine, right? Like I think that sends us down that slippery slope, which I think is what you were alluding to. Um, you know, for somebody hearing that, like, yeah, exactly right. Let me get as many as I can so I can figure out exactly what I want, what I like for when I settle down. So any thoughts to taking that number much higher than was even suggested by the data point? But my thing is, so I, I'm listening. I just think that, again, I think it's an environmental thing, too. It depends on where you come from, too, sometimes. I, I like with this. So I got a, a buddy of mine. I have to use him as an example. We talked about this last night, which is ironic. 
and I, and I listened to them talk about they were, we were having a conversation. People were talking about intimacy and and different positions and being grown. And they were talking to a young man, telling him, "Don't be embarrassed about because you do certain things with your wife. That doesn't make you weird or strange. That just that's intimacy. That's sex. Be proud of it." But then I was just one of my buddies, and I realized that when he started talking about all the all the women, and he got this girl, he got that girl. I realized he was hurt though in a relationship. And so when he got hurt in that relationship, because he felt committed to it and then felt betrayed, everybody became free game. And so I'm like, does that make sense? How, how safe is that for you? And I don't care. I'm just not doing me. And so I think a lot of times that depending on what your perspective is on it, I think that you make those decisions based on what you feel as your perspective. I, I think that even though young people and some of my young kids, some of my young men, once they get a taste of sex, they become like, I got to have it. But some of them want the same girl, but when that doesn't work out, they become very rogue. And so now they they just whoever. Whoever's good to go, I'm going. And then that's what they brag about and talk about. And then when you ask them, you know, what did you get out of it? It's me. I did me. And that's why I'm a little concerned because if you don't understand what you want, then how do you know what you want? Nah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, the story you're telling, Dr. G, is pretty much my life to a degree. Um and I'm going to actually share a story with y'all at the top of the next hour that highlights something exactly what you're talking about. But it was definitely a situation where, um, by nature, I'm trying to look out and take care of, you know, whoever I might be trying to date and, you know, obviously get old enough to where you're now interested in sex and things of that nature. And it was kind of like after a couple of bad situations, I did take that mindset, and it simply became a conquer and notch thing. And so I absolutely, you know, understand the perspective you just gave because, you know, I went through a period of living that. Um, so I definitely get that. If you will, um, Angela, got to ask you as a woman, um, in general, obviously you can't speak for all women. Hopefully some people will call in. Again, that's 646-787-1691. But I got to ask you as the woman on the show, how do – if, if you could just give me, you know, at least your honest perspective and then maybe even what you generalize for a lot of women, how do women look at men and their body count? Because we all, you know, again, we're doing this show because we know quick often it's frowned upon on women, but it's typically not talked about, and that's why we're doing this show for men. How do y'all look at men with high body counts in general? What, what are your thoughts on that, Queen? Wow. Um, I think it depends on where we are at that time, right? Because I we all have been around a man that has is in that 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 space of being rogue, as you say earlier, right? That's just doing body count, and sometimes women are in that space. That's all they want to feel, right? Um, so in one way, they it kind of excites them, but then they also don't necessarily want it for themselves for long term. Because we think of it, we think of it the same way as you guys do. Like, oh wow, this is going to be fun, especially if they've been hurt. When two hurt people get together, they both want to go off and, and just do their thing. So I think a lot of women are, are really curious about it because they also haven't really experienced anything sexually because we are so uh, different with our sexual experiences as male and female. So yeah. a real quick question. I'm going to Dr. Grady. So mm-hmm. a real quick question. Um, if, you, if you don't – so you say y'all actually look at it the same way as we do now. It's like somebody that's out there, not long-term. Now, I don't think – Maybe I'm wrong, but in Dr. Grady, you can tell me what you've seen out there. But I don't think, in a sense, the man that's capable of getting a bunch of women typically has a lot of problem locking something down long-term 
but it's usually, in, you know, at least from what I could tell, usually it's only kind of if he wants to. A lot of them don't want to settle down. It is what it is. But I don't – so I'm just kind of curious in your thoughts on that, that there are – you know, I mean, there are some women who, in a sense, don't mind locking it down. And what I've heard, um, some women say it's kind of like I'm the one that got him. So, in a sense, there's almost right. like this competition right. aspect. So, any thoughts on, you know, Absolutely. again, I've heard some women speak to that. So, any thoughts on that real quick, and then we'll go to Dr. Gray. Yeah, Angela, I was just asking you, a few, you know, asking you your your perspective on that. I've heard some women say that. Just any thoughts on oh, that? I'm sorry that you were in talking addition. to Dr. Grady. I'm sorry. And I was saying, yeah, I was going to say go to you and then go to Dr. Grady. I'm sorry. So absolutely, that is a thought process that I was the one that made him lose his mind, so to speak, and want to just be with one person. But then when anything happens in a relationship, a lot of times they may go back to that. Um, if they have a urge that they may be doing something else, right? So a lot of women feel that as a bragging right. Um, and then some women just don't care. Uh, we, it's within your past is in your past, right? Um, if both people can do that, but it is a, a pretty. Um, it's received more with women to have that that bragging right than it is with men, I think. So. Oh yeah, we usually ain't bragging about locking down. <laughs> 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 you ain't bragging about locking down the sister that's out there. That ain't really how we rock. I don't think. But Dr. Grady, uh, you do. I know you do relationship uh, therapy as well. So have you seen this, even this issue, be an issue as it come up in any of your situation? Obviously, I know you can't tell personal situations, but just in general, have you seen this play out? How have you seen this play out? Maybe within relationships where high body count, man or woman, or possibly both, uh, end up affecting their relationship? Any, 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 any insight on that? Um, if you talk about, if we're talking about once we find out, I think that does make a difference depending on who you deal with. Because, I mean, so I, I, I'll say, if, from my perspective, if, if I was dating a young lady and she said, well, you know what, I'll stop it over 20 minutes, you know, it raises my antenna. Because does that mean she's a bad person? Because I think that's hypocrisy, too, because I think we look at each other very different. You know, sometimes, you know, men look at women and they have different derogatory names for them. And women do it to men. But I think it really just depends if I know. If I don't know, what I don't know, I can't really complain about it. I think that, for me, the couple of what I know. And and then the questions, you know, start raising more questions about who that person is and what that person can do and who the experiences are and who the experiences are with. It, it's, it's a real great area. It just depends. But I think a lot of my relationships with people that I deal with, they they don't really get into that part of how many people and what happen if the fact is that they're not happy or satisfied because even if these people have multiple partners, they're still not getting the pleasure that they want in the relationship. So I think that's what I deal with more. Well, and I think that's the, that's the thing to learn, right, in the sense that so in a culture that in a sense pushes bodies are okay, whether that's men or women, again, we're not here to personally judge, right, but that is unknowingly something that becomes part of the issue is what you just said, which is the idea that maybe, and a lot of people, I don't know if they realize this, but maybe the reason you're having dissatisfaction in the sex, in the sex, in the bedroom, if you will, is maybe you've had too many experiences to be satisfied with just one. So I've heard that in a sense when you, you know, for, again, the show is about the men. So the idea of collecting bodies and notches, that part of your issue with settling down is, you know, you may find a woman who you like think is she could be the perfect mother, if you will. She could be everything I want in a wife, but sexually maybe she doesn't meet 
certain situations that you've had, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. for all these other things, I want to wifer. In this area, I may tend to stray because of my experiences. And I'm just saying that in a culture that pushes us to sow our wild oats, if you will, we unfortunately sometimes don't realize that could be an end result. And so um, I want to pay a cut that speaks specifically to that, um, if you will, and get both of y'all thoughts on it. So uh, let me line this cut up again for anybody out there listening, 646-787-1691. Have to press one if you want to speak. We did have a rough start this morning, so I hope we didn't get everybody knocked off in the first five minutes when I couldn't get on the mic. So um, hopefully we can get y'all back on. 646-787-1691. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. And I'll let Angela respond to this cut when she first hears it. We'll be. A lot of men don't. Red flag. Yeah. But there's there's an amount where I feel like uh, it's almost a necessity mm-hmm. for a man to have a great understanding of different women. Yeah. And even just how to to be in the bedroom. Well, I, I was talking about, about this quite recently, and I always say it's bad for both, but worse for men. And I'll tell you why. Worse for men. I'll tell you why. Because this is what happens. When you have a high body count, men, men or women, you have to, have to drop your standards in order to have a high body count, either in the women that you're investing in or the treatment you're getting. I think it depends who you are. It depends who you are, but the reality is, even if you're, the, even if you're Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever it is, you have to choose a woman who's very promiscuous for her to be okay with one night stands. Mm. So what's happening is you're now getting used to women who are calling their boyfriend saying, babe, I'll be home in 10 minutes while she's in your bed. You're getting used to women who are like uh, sleeping with you and then going off to sleep with your friend the next day. You are getting used to women who don't even reply and don't care if you have like see them again or not. Mm. You are getting used to such low quality women that when you meet a girl who's also low quality but she's slightly above the usual promiscuous hoe that you're used to, you start glorifying her and thinking she's amazing Mm -hmm. because your comparison level has dropped so low. You are so used to that woman that has nude pictures online that, or the one that's cheating on her boyfriend to sleep with you or the one that is um, just sleeping with you and your friends. You're so used to such a low level of woman, you no longer have the skills and tools required to speak, to communicate or be with a wholesome, good Mm -hmm. woman that can maintain a marriage you are now going to attract another broken person because you are, your standards have dropped. And the other thing that I would say is when you sleep around, there is no way you can sleep around with so many people and not feel some level of shame and guilt because there's always that girl that you meet and in the morning you're like, oh, please go away. There's always that, no matter what. So when you get that level of shame and guilt, the only way to feel better about yourself is to start saying, well, it's only sex, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter if she was a bit shit, so it's only mm-hmm. sex. When you start having that attitude, it's only sex and minimizing the importance of sex, there is no way you can nurture that in a long-lasting monogamous relationship. You'll think it's only sex, so you can have it outside of the relationship. You'll be more uh, polygamous. So wh- whereas um, for women, it's not good either. I'm not saying it's a good thing for women, but men risk pregnancies. Yeah. Women can get rid of a baby. They have a, let's say a woman doesn't want to be with you. She has a baby. She gets pregnant. She gets rid of it that day. Mm-hmm. But say the average woman, if she gets pregnant with Mike fucking Thurston, she's keeping it. Mm-hmm. And you have no say in that. Mm-hmm. And now you're either stuck with this woman for the rest of your life, like to some degree, or you think, I'm not dealing with this. That's your problem. I'll pay for it, but I don't want anything to do with it. But your child is now being raised in the hands of a man that you don't know or respect by a woman you don't know or respect. Mm-hmm. It's a big risk for a man. You've got to, you've got, and all because you want to be more skilled in the bedroom. 
it's not worth it. It's really not. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Connor. This morning's discussion question, men with high body counts, does it matter? Our special guest is Dr. Anthony Grady, as we hear a cut that breaks down. Another one that digs into my own personal life, if you will, but Angela, the queen of the show, will let you give us your thoughts to hearing that cut. Um, Any perspective on that, queen? Wow, there's a lot of things that ran through my mind when I listened to that cut from a female perspective as well as a male perspective. Um, We do desensitize ourselves when we do a lot of um, things, right? And I think alcohol and drugs play a huge part into that thing that she said, the decisions about just sex and the one-night stands. Um, I don't think people are always lowering their standards. I I was a little unclear, didn't quite understand what she was saying in that space, but... um, I think there's a way to learn it without just saying that people are lowering their standards when they're going out and having a one-night stand. Um, I think alcohol plays a huge part in that when you wake up and have regret the next morning. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm biting my ink pen on this one. So I'm going to let you guys know. We can go over Dr. Grady again. I just want to get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, Dr. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Dr. Grady, um, any thoughts on, on that cut? Well, I, mean, I was listening. I, I, I mean, I think I find some agreement in it. I find some disagreement in it too. Um, I just think that, you know, you know, I, again, I agree with alcohol plays a big part. I listen to guys every day. I got buddies. I still in me, and I tell people I still live in the hood together. We talk real talk, like barbershop talk. And I think the mindset of of what it is that I don't think that having a high body count makes you better or worse in sex, because there are people that. I, let me bag up there because I guess I'm a little stuck here. I got a buddy who has about, I swear, he has about 15, 16 kids. And the thing okay. is, is why? And the question is why? And when we talk about it, it's just because now I want to do it. Or she was different or it was it was available. And I think that's the problem with accessibility with sex now is just that it's available. Right? But it used to be this time it was kind of, but people didn't want to know or it was discreet or it was more intimate. Now it's just like, man, people doing what they want to do. And I think I go back to the fact that it's all about perception of how you look at people, you know. And if you think a chick has a high body count and that makes her more experienced and she a freak, then that drives you. If it's a guy, you think he's more experienced, but you then feel like you disrespect him because he, he's not valuing it. I just, and when it comes to that, it's just a perception of the individual. So I agree with some of that, what she was saying. Some of it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's real great, real great. No, I respect y'all's opinion. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it actually hit home for me, and I think, I feel like I've seen it play out over a lifetime just from the standpoint of because uh, she talks about the habit of, in a sense, dealing with people who are, in a sense, quick to be with you, who are more promiscuous. Uh, I think the psychology of that, you know, to, to the word that you use, Angela, the idea of you get desensitized and you start calling it just sex as a, in my, in, in the way I heard her, as a way to rationalize, uh, you know, in a sense, one, being so active, but the part that um, that stood out for me was just when she highlighted the idea that you get used to, in a sense, dealing with, quote, unquote, a, you know, a lower quality person when it comes to that from, from this standpoint 
a lot of us as men, not the greater you, you know, you can definitely tell me whether you agree or disagree with this, but a lot of men, when we're going through our so, our wild old stage, where we're no, we're not really looking for someone long term or to be our wives, if you will. And so we, a lot of, you know, at least for myself, I'll speak for myself about that. So for myself and, you know, in a circle of friends who I talk to, you know, talk, like you say, a barbershop talk as well, that I understand this, that when you're in that stage and not necessarily looking for your wife or your girlfriend per se, then you do distinguish in a sense the women that you sleep with in this manner so quickly versus who you think of your girlfriend or your wife might be, and I have personally experienced just any sister where it wasn't as accessible to your point, Dr. Grady, where it's just so accessible right now, and a sister that doesn't make it immediately accessible absolutely got put on a pedestal for myself, and it was literally a bragging point upon my friends, like, wow, she made me wait two weeks. Like, that ain't no time. Yeah, yeah. That, that ain't, ain't no, no time. time. But the fact that she nah. made me wait nah. two weeks. Go ahead, Dr. Gray. I'm sorry. No, nah, I'm saying, and, and that's what I was getting at. You know, it, it just depends on how you look at it. Like, but the thing that's funny is, I got a buddy who, he, that's all he talk about. I smash, I smash, I smash. But then is mad with somebody else because, again, it's just sex. We just, we just screw buddies. We ain't really got no real intimacy, but everybody's your girlfriend. See, we, we, we quantify and we qualify certain things depending on what it looks like to us. You know, I, I think that when we start trying to rationalize what sex looks like, this day and age, it's just, it's just so much exposure. I think that when you look at what it is now, and we talk about relationships, we talk about mental health, we talk about emotional stability. We talk about, you know, like I said, a lot of the guys I think that I deal with, especially in my own neighborhood, my buddies, maybe they were hurt. And so now it ain't really no loyalty. But then all of a sudden they may find that one person that they feel like, man, this is the one, but they still got the other people on the side, but they really just my buddies that I mess with. And, and that mentality is how you look at it from a perspective, what makes me feel comfortable or how I can justify myself. And a lot of times, believe it or not, I just think that when we have people who are talking about these high body counts, it's a, it's a self-identifying factor to say, look, look at me, look at me. And, I, and I've always been, and it's just my personal, that I just don't care for guys to talk about how many chicks they smash. Like, I just I ain't never been in there, right. and I really don't care. That's been me all my life. And I tell my buddies, now, but I don't care, because then the first thing, my question is, well, what's the quality behind it? What they do for you? And then that's when we get into these whole debates, and then, then it goes up to, you ain't telling you, Dr. Grady, now. And see, now you, no, nah, my thing is, you smashing all these women, but what do you have? You're still living at the crib in the basement, or you're living with somebody, you're leeching off one of them, and then you don't have anything. So what are you really getting out of besides the pleasure? And the fact that you can come tell me that, oh, I can ask this many people, that, that, that's where I'm like, you know, sometimes that great line for me, like, man, okay, you know. But then it worries more of me with my younger boys because I heard somebody talk about pregnancy in that clip, and they having babies, and they just like, okay. And then what they're doing is they dodge. Like, that ain't mine. That ain't mine. So now the lack of responsibility is taken away because you are irresponsible. And so these are the conversations that are not being had because think about it. And I think you may know this, my dude, is as men growing up, it was about, hey, man, you got to get it. Go get it. Get as much as you can. It's out here. It's for you. Go get it. And that's these are the things that as men, a lot of women don't hear is that you're being probed to be that sexual machine. Like, man, hey, bro, get, get. 
But then, depending on where you come from, you might be like, hey, look, one one woman, man, or the intimacy. Ask somebody that's going to take care of you. This day and age, I mean, I think that's far best because people don't trust. They trust is a big issue now. And with everything being so relatively available, it makes it hard now to keep that continuity of quality. You just have to be a different breed of person, a different breed of animal to stay in that lane without being caught up in the hurrah of being that person that can get it whenever you want it. Yeah, I think the risk is, um, unfortunately, in a society that's always, in a sense, encouraged the song about wild oats, right? And and there's no point, in my opinion, very few points for the younger people to even hear the risk of it, if that makes sense. Right. I'm talking about, for me, it's the psychological risk. Like, that's the, again, for that cut. I applauded what the what the lady was saying from the psychological point of you become desensitized desensitized to it. But eventually, if you want to have a long term mate or whatever, where you're not figuring out how it may play or be a hamper inside of your relationship once you get that one, even if you, in a sense, were the player who now wants to, in a sense, be you know. Uh, um, committed to your one woman. And so it also leads to a lot of conversations of now people saying, hey, we're not meant to be with one person anyway right now. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just highlighting that the access and the desensitized, it being so desensitized is the risk and how do you keep families, you know, continuity if this becomes the lay of the land, but it's the push that we're seeing right now. Wouldn't you agree, Angela, that in a sense people are pushing more, saying, well, this is more natural for us not to be this way. And I think a part of it is coming from just the overall sexual revolution of making it more accessible where we're living out the consequences without think, without really having thought about the risks. Now we're seeing them, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Queen? Uh, absolutely. Um, a lot of times with that sown of the wild oats, I think the brother was saying earlier how we men typically go find somebody who's less experienced, so to speak. And when you do that, you have that risk of both you being um, sexually satisfied. So this woman right here is really about taking care of the household, and this woman over here is really about your sexual needs. It's a miscontorted concept of what, what that really looks like, what it should look like, actually, or what the philosophy is behind that, but it does uh, create that barrier where people want to have more than just one partner. In some places, that's a good thing, right? But it just depends on how you're looking at it. If it's just about a self-satisfying pleasure or a self-satisfying thing for a man, then it's definitely miscontorted for the women. But um, it does make for a more open lifestyle, so to speak. Right, absolutely. If you want to get in on this morning's discussion, 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, are you a wine drinker? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but but my wife definitely loves her. Why you ask? Man, you got to try this vegan wine by Sip and Share Wine. I ran across them at this event in Atlanta, and now I keep me a few bottles at the house. What flavor you like? Um, I mean, I like me a good red or, or maybe a nice dipping gel or something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Try the sweet red first. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, that's kind of sweet, like I like it, you know what I'm saying? For sure, that's why I like that one as well. Hey, hey, now try this Conjure Sippin' Dance. This one was featured in Forbes magazine as a top 10 drink for the summer. See what you think. Oh, okay, now that's fire right there. Where can I get a bottle of that? Just go to SippinShareWines.com. They'll ship it right to your door. They black on, too. Oh, yeah? Okay, you said what? SippinShareWines.com, is that it? Yep. Yeah. Tell guys you need to have multiple chicks, bro. Like that's one of the best kind of self-correcting methods, and the reason why before everyone gets all mad because a bunch of people reacted to me on this, like, ooh, because I said you need to bang like 50 girls before you even think about getting in a serious relationship. Do you want a man who's more sexually experienced than you, or do you want to be more sexually experienced than your man? Every single girl said Obviously. they want a man more sexually yeah. experienced, and then that's when I said exactly. That's why I need a because average women nowadays, regular girls, modern day women have way more bodies than average dudes. So how the hell are you going to go ahead and commit to a girl that probably has 20, 30, 40 bodies mm. and you have like one or two? Mm-hmm. Like, because what's going to happen is when a girl's more sexually experienced than you is she's able to sell you a dream and you can't see, you can't see past that because you're not experienced with women. You haven't dealt with enough of them. So I want guys to have the leverage, have the sexual experience and be in a leadership role with the leverage with the woman because when women have leverage they're terrible people people get mad at me for saying that but they literally are terrible people when they have leverage over a man they'll be bitchy annoying cranky rude as fuck disrespectful you don't want any of that for her to get in line she has to think i'm with the best guy that i can get and a lot of times your sexual experience is a component of that welcome back to the mental dialogue talk show i'm your host montoya smith aka black socrates along with special guest co-host angela connor this morning's discussion question, men with high body counts, does it matter? Our special guest is mental health therapist, Dr. Anthony Grady, as we hear a cut from um, fresh and fit, if you will. Uh, I'm not a fan of, if you will, the manosphere space, but anytime we're doing these dialogues and things, just I'm just doing research and things pop up, and that cut specifically popped up. So there's actually um, men that are encouraging, if you will, for men to get high body counts because, as you heard in that cut, the greater the idea was, hey, she has to think that you are more experienced. Uh, women want a man that's more experienced. I, I do tend to think that part is true, if you will, generally speaking, within in the bedroom. Could be wrong on that. Um, but he takes it as far as, yeah, if, you, if you're not these things, then you're not going to be able to take the lead in your relationship. So we actually have current times people pushing for for various reasons, you just heard their reason. Your thoughts on what you just heard, Doctor Gray? And again, you talk about confidence. You know, you know when 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 you're not confident in how you perform, it, it makes a big difference on how the relationship is. I think that sex is is a a, a give and take of experience, sharing, and, and and discussing. I think that yeah, I don't know if. If a woman has more body count, she controls things like a man. Like I heard people say that men want women that are less experienced. That's control because you can do things and give this person a certain level of pleasure because once you give them that certain level of pleasure, that's the hope that they want that from you and they'll stick around. But what happens when that pleasure is no longer there or they can't do that or give you that same need? Now, what's the next step? So, I, I mean, like I got guys now who this is what they talk about. Man, I took this jail. I pop this pill. Man, I'm staying hard longer. So, man, it don't stop. And they and they say everybody giving it to is loving it. My thing is that's confidence, you know. And, and if you don't have that confidence in who you are and how you can perform and comfortable where you are, of course it becomes that. 
The other thing, too, is, is that everything is already ready-made. You don't have to work as hard. And what I was thinking during that clip and before that, before the commercial was, how many times did we go back in the day when we was, at least my experience was, when I met a girl, we talked, even when I was in college, it's like, how many people you done slept with? And, and you really, the people got quiet. It's like, shit, uh, it's crickets, because people really didn't want to answer that because you didn't want to be judged. Now it's like, why well, I just played about 15, 16, and now it's like, how many of you? I did about 15, 20, and now everybody looks crazy at each other because now all of a sudden it's a thought about how we receive or perceive each other. But then you want me to be the intimate one for you, that one-on-one. I think that sex is always over-dramatized because of what we see, what we've been told, and how it should be. But I don't think we teach people how to love and love one person because we've got to the point, nah, man, if I'm not happy, I can go be here. Or there's a different size, shape, and form for everybody. You don't have to work. So I, I, don't, I don't know if that's really true that, well, to a certain degree, it can be with anybody. I think it's on both sides of the fence, depending on who's the more experienced. They kind of dominate the situation because it becomes control. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, can, I can make her want me because she ain't really been with nobody, so just the best she got. And I come to find out that, no, that she hasn't been with quite more dudes. You just have to catch her at a moment where she was feeling vulnerable, feeling good, and you did what you did. Or same thing for him. I, I just feel like it's, it just, it's a 50-50 amongst the board of where it falls sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely respect everything you're saying. I was really highlighting that um, the guy was actually encouraging guys to get the 50 bodies in order to, in a sense, have the confidence. And I thought, I love how you said earlier in the show that more people doesn't always mean more experience or getting better. And so um, so I'm just saying that at a time when we're saying, hey, all this accessibility, accessibility is more risky, we actually have, you know, in a sense, people encouraging men to catch bodies because that's, quote-unquote, supposedly going to give them control. Um, any thoughts on that, Angela, as well, Quinn? Yeah. Wow. So agree that body count doesn't build confidence, right, it, because it depends on what you're doing, how you're doing it. And a lot of uh, people, especially some of the younger people that I, I work with, it's about building it with each other, right? A lot of times they want to explore and learn together. So it's really not about the control. It's that control piece that a lot of people focus on with sexuality, but they also want to learn together. Let's learn together how to do something. If you haven't had a high body count or they don't even talk about, some people don't even talk about body count. So I'm not really sure why body count has become such a fixation in our society, but um, it's really about doing it together. You know, let's explore it together. If you've had five, six, or whatever, if you're experienced, it doesn't matter. Let's figure out what works for us. That's what is the best thing, regardless of body count. Um, and even with some of the guys that I speak with, you know, they want quality over quantity, right? So there, is, there are quite a few people that are pushing back against that societal conversation. Yeah. No, I definitely. I and and the thing is, the thing, um, just to give some history, so the period of body counts, I mean, just it's been a, a long history of it, if you will, but it became a thing during, I guess, when I was in the Victorian period, and it was just, in a sense, the idea of um, men being able to, in a sense, kind of control females' bodies and women right. from the standpoint of, uh, in a sense, who they've been with. Now, from an evolutionary standpoint, um, this is something that typically is left out of that conversation. And this is, again, this is just from some evolutionary science um, in a sense that 
if we go throughout, if you really study human history, when quote unquote monogamy became a thing, it also coincided with, in a sense, humans, some some groups of humans starting to figure out, hey, I'm going to keep this plot of land, farm on it, and I'm also going to protect this from those who are who haven't learned to farm yet and might just come by and take their crops, if you will. And this is just my little rough history lesson on, on the evolutionary science of this. And so as some groups would, would learn to farm, if you will, and say, you know what, I need to protect this plot of land, it also became a situation where um, those groups that were starting to, in a sense, stop being hunter-gatherers, creating um, societies around you know, some obviously some water at the time and going to farm that area. And so it kind of tuned into, oh, okay, if I'm going to work this plot of land and keep it for my legacy, meaning my children, then the only way I can guarantee that I'm leaving this piece of land that I've worked hard for to my children is that she doesn't deal with anyone else. So there was some marketplace things that factor in when you go start seeing when church pushing monogamy, it kind of coincides with humans starting to understand. Well, it's not the exact same time. I'm just saying it all kind of lines up within the marketplace as far as, um, um, you know, when that stuff started getting pushed. So like now another, another dynamic of that real quick is the current space that we're in. Now we have a, marketplace economy versus an agricultural um, economy, you know, for a hundred, you know, for hundreds of years in this country. So as the marketplace became a standard that you could, a, you could go out and find jobs and didn't have to stay attached to your family and keep, stay on that land to actually have something. So as we moved from an agricultural um, status, you now usher in the marketplace economy and now women in a sense can go out and find jobs for themselves. So if you go and study some of what I'm talking about, you start seeing that the sexual revolution, if you will, lines up with that marketplace economy. So it's kept very interesting to see those dynamics and how it play out in human evolution. And it kind of brings us to the point where we're asking this question today, is it just okay, even though um, if you, you know, understand some of the history I just said, that historically, there was, in a sense, never a time where, quote-unquote, monogamy was necessarily pushed on men. That's actually a recent evolution of the marketplace economy where, in a sense, women are kind of saying, hey, how is it okay for y'all just to run out and do what y'all want to do? And there were times, there have been times, even in specific countries, where the marriage laws and the monogamy laws only applied to women for a number of years until the women movement pushed it, and now you see it equal within our court systems. But there were times even in this country where it only applied to women and it all ran in, t- ran in line with a lot of the history that I'm telling you now. But now we're having this dialogue where, hey, it's all so accessible, but are we really thinking about the consequences? And I agree with both of you that is there a sense of control just because of how the number of partners you had? Because I definitely have ran into this being someone, again, who – who sold my wild oats in my younger years, but I would definitely run into sisters complaining about, in a sense, you know, some, you know, the number of men that didn't quote unquote satisfy them. And I know I've talked about this and I want to hear y'all thoughts on this real quick. I've talked about how 
when I was in a sense inexperienced, I'd been with a you know a number of women, and a particular sister that I ended up being serious with in college kind of got my game up, if you will. But it was at that point that I realized I was using something that was good between my that had worked very good, if you will, between me and my girlfriend in high school, and because it worked good with her, I mistakenly thought I could do that with everyone thereafter. And until that sister I dated in college kind of slowed me down and says, hey, there's some other stuff you can do. I thought I was the man until she broke me down and taught me how to actually have sex, if that makes sense. Um, Angela, any thoughts on that? Because the reason I'm saying it is because a, a body count, you could be like me, just running out there doing something, not knowing it ain't shit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that part about, you know, body count is more about what you're doing with that body count, right? You can have one person and you could be with 100 people and still not know what you're doing, you know, when it, in learning how to feed your partner or whatever. And you can be with one person and really understand all of it. So a lot of times women, when it gets into that body count, it's about the quality, right? Uh, men, if you're going out, and, and this goes back to the clips you had earlier, if you're just doing one thing all the time, you think that's the way everything goes. And when you get with that partner that you want to be with, committed to, or whatever, you're doing all this crazy stuff that you're not even communicating, right, what it is, what she wants, and what it's really all about. So it, it can it can hinder it which is that whole conversation doesn't matter. I think it matters depending on, on how that body count comes about, about who you are as a person. So, yeah, because everybody is not built the same. Every female is not the same. What you did with that one it may not work with the person that you want to really be with. So ah, thank you for bringing that part up. That's, that's much appreciated. No, absolutely. We're actually up against the top of the hour, so Dr. Gregory, we all get some of your thoughts coming out of the break. I'm actually going to share a piece from – Um, My new book, Re-Education of the Negro, that I think will really take this conversation a lot deeper. Um, So we'll um, play this commercial, play a cut, and then I'll come back and read this piece. So, you know, if y'all will, definitely tune in. And, again, if anybody wants to get in, 646-787-1691. Press 1 if you want to join us for the conversation. Uh, When we have these conversations about sex, people typically are scared to call in. I'm used to not having callers for these shows. But the beautiful thing is, Angela, your shows always do numbers, so I'll see you on Sunday how well this show did, even though everybody was scared to call in and talk. But it's all good. We'll be right back. We're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. A lot of men don't, they don't want to talk about this, but the older they get, 
You know, they get sick of having sex with all these women, but they can't help it because they're so broken. They're not even connected with themselves. They're not connected with any of these women. There's no connection. There's no chemistry. There's nothing. Nothing. Having sex to men anyway is like taking a piss. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Connor. This morning's discussion question, men with high body counts, does it matter? Our special guest is mental health therapist, Dr. Anthony Grady, as we hear a quick cut of a sister mentioning, hey, sex needs come like come no different than taking a piss. And I've definitely seen it get to that stage for some men like yourself, Dr. Grady. Um, never been a fan of someone bragging about how many they've been with personally. I'm kind of the same way. It didn't make sense. And I'm not saying that, you know, my body count is something I should be proud of. But, you know, I just definitely didn't spend a bunch of time bragging about it, if you will. And um, I do – I don't think that sex became just like taking a piss for me but I definitely absolutely have seen that be the case for, you know, some, and again, it's not that I'm judging them as Lord of me. It's just some literally just don't care. So I understand where that, that sister is coming from. And I could say that in my period of sowing my wild oats, you know, there, that level of brokenness was definitely something that played a part in the desire to continue that versus if you will, settling down. So I've still went through my stage, even though sex had become, you know, just like taking a piss for me. But I wanted to share uh, from my upcoming book. I'm sorry, my new book. I'm sorry to say I've been saying upcoming for a year. And so um came out in March. It's called Re-Education of the Negro, Necessary Conversations on Race, Sex, and Culture. This is a, a commentary out of the book. The book is designed to create dialogues like this. So I'm going to read it, share it with you, both of you. And um, Dr. Grady will let you jump in with your thoughts after hearing it. So this piece is called Black Socrates Speaks. A teenage love. I was in the sixth grade the first time I fell in love at the tender age of 12 years old with the prettiest star in the sky, Vanessa Honey. She was the cutest sister in our school, and that's all it took for this brother to fall in love. The funny thing is most men, we never stop prioritizing beauty as a prerequisite for falling in love. But while young and immature, that's all we use. Most will qualify my love for Vanessa as puppy love because even by my own account, it wasn't based on much. On the night I so-called fell in love with her, she chose to dance with my classmate. That was right after both of us got the courage to ask her to dance at the exact time to the last song of the night. In the long-standing tradition of school dances, back in the day, the DJ played slow music for the last song, and whoever a girl chose to slow drag with technically became her boyfriend, even if they were never an item before they danced together. When Vanessa chose my classmate, my best friend at the time, I was left out in the cold. For the next three years of my life, despite her wading through a myriad of boyfriends, I professed my love for this girl. I became her best friend and sounding board when the other guys broke her heart. Ironically, this was happening when we both became interested in sex, and unfortunately, Vanessa gained a reputation for sleeping around with different guys. She did have several boyfriends, but Vanessa's reputation for being loose was just rumor mill stuff started by girls jealous of her beauty. As her lame best friend, I knew otherwise, or so I thought. Vanessa knew I loved her, but we separated that from our friendship. Then one day, we kissed, and for me, it was like Prince sang on the door. The angels started crying up above. Finally, finally, I thought, 
but I didn't know this would be my one and only kiss of Vanessa Honey as we took entirely different paths entering that summer break. That summer, her mom, mother shipped her off to her older brothers, and I was left heartbroken as the deal's first hit, two occasions, became my soundtrack for that summer. When she, turned, when she returned, she took an interest in an older guy, and I returned to my position as the lame best friend. Still heartbroken, I turned my attention to other girls, and later that summer, another young lady picked another guy over me. She said I was too nice, so out went the deal, and in came too short and easy to save my broken heart. So instead of entering a relationship with Vanessa Honey, the girl I loved, I started having sex with bitches. This was very hard to write because I've long stopped referring to women by that term, but honesty makes the point, and ironically, Vanessa Honey is the actual reason I don't direct the word, the word towards women to this day. Although it was only two different girls, I got a reputation for sleeping around, which gave me props as a young boy. Too, too many for my age, but not necessarily pimping like Too Short rapped in his songs. As for Vanessa Honey, years later, she confessed she lost her virginity the same summer she broke my heart when her mother sent her away. Unfortunately, her unfounded reputation of giving it up caused the same older boyfriend to rape her when he found out she was just a tease. Two very different paths for two young teenagers, but ultimately, what lessons could be learned here? My mother talked to me until I was blue in the face about protecting myself sexually, and thankfully, I heeded her lessons. However, without discussing the emotions that come with sex and love, I entered a cycle many boys never grow up to break. Break. A boy matures when he stops trying to have sex with every beautiful woman he meets. As for Vanessa Honey, she continued to date abusive men, ultimately marrying her high school sweetheart, who also abused her up until he abandoned her. Previously on the Mental Dialogue talk show, we once asked, when should we talk to our children about real sex? Let's take this a step further and teach them about the powerful emotions associated with sex too early and the lifetime of damage it can cause. Here's a toast to my first true love and any sister dealing with equally damaged boys yet to mature into men. Vanessa Honey, fictional name, changed to protect the innocent. Just my three cents. All I ask is that you think. Dr. Grady, your response to that piece out of re-education of the Negro. Man, that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it's all about being broken and that trust. You know, I, I think with guys, you know, I, I'll be so disclosed. I think for me, I heard the young lady say, or somebody was talking about, you know, the relationship and being taught how to have sex, like how to make love or how to be intimate. And my first experience was with a young lady who took the time to teach me. And I didn't know. I wasn't experienced. And she was more experienced than me. I can't say how many body counts she had. But she made it pleasurable and made me feel special. And after that, we really didn't have a relationship after that. You know, I mean, I was really dating her cousin. And her cousin, we wasn't on nothing. And it happened. And so now when I fast forward and look at how I am as a person, as a man, it plays a part. But then I look at how my trust was broken, how I even at some time would just date people who I was comfortable with that I knew to go back to because I was broken or I felt a certain type of way or I didn't trust what was going on. This happens all the time. I think it's a conversation that we don't talk about, especially with men. You know, everybody thinks, thinks that men are, well, you just don't care. Yeah, they do. Men, men are more socially emotional, I think, than women at times, especially when it comes to this kind of thing, especially when you talk about sex. So I agree with you 100%. I think what you said is true. I think that when you get broken as a man or your heart gets broken and then you start feeling like, I got to do this to replace this, and I got to replace this to replace that, but you're not being taught. Somebody's pointing to the side, say, hey, look, man, why would you put 
waste your time doing that when you can do this and get more out of it. Those conversations are not had. And then even with that, our kids know when your heart was broken, who did you talk to? Who did, and what was the response? Oh, man, forget her. Man, so many out here, you can say anybody you want. Or, hey, young man, that's part of life. You'll learn from that. How do you feel? I agree. I mean, I think what you read is, is a lot of us. Honestly, tell you the truth. Nah, I know the saying that I always, you know, being a country boy, um, the saying we always heard is, you know, how do you get over her? Get under another one. You know, that like that's the, yeah. that's the recommendation. Yeah. The soul that's of the dialogue yeah. and just yeah, continue that um, thought process. Um, Angela, any thoughts to the particular, any, you know, anything out of the piece that stood out? Again, the pieces are designed to create dialogue. So anything that stood out or that you want to talk about from the piece? Wow. Um, I've, you know, I've had a lot of male friends and they've been in that same situation, right? And I also think about the women that the the way society chalked that young girl and how she was sent away. So I think the conversations have to start younger. Um, and our men aren't allowed, our boys aren't allowed to feel stuff. We, along with that body count, we teach our boys, like you said, to, to get under another. And that causes the issues that we have now, even in older ages, um, and really just stopping and changing that conversation is huge if we want to improve the type of relationships we have sexually, intimately, and going forward. So uh, I really say thank you, brothers, for sharing that, that conversation. Well, absolutely. I got Brother Pianchi wanting to jump in. Let me get him in here. Hey, Brother Pianchi, where you calling us? Where you at? You know, I know you be around the, moving around the country sometimes. Where you calling us from? Where you at, brother? Down the Delta. Hey, look, this new book that you're writing, Will it have any cliffhangers in it, like knock at the front door, I run out the back door on your life? <laughs> I don't think I'm following you on this one, Brother Chuck. You can't lost me on this one. No, I'm sorry. I'm, so, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just missing I'll you a little bit. Out. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't I, know, I know, you, I know, I know you're already calling in to mess with me, but I, I'm, I'm, missing the, I'm missing it on this one. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I might be on the short bus by now. <laughs> you probably don't have some close call. Close calls in your life. <laughs> and I oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's book. true. Yeah, I done definitely stuck out a couple windows in my lifetime. I will. Okay, now I'm following you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned about uh, your first love. I think you said 12 years old, something like that. And you know, you made me think, and I just done a search on Facebook because I had the same experience with a, a, a girl. I guess I was in my maybe the fourth or fifth grade. And uh, I was so crushed on her. Valentine's Day, my grandmother took me to the store, and I bought a whole box of Valentine's cards and addressed them all to her. And we went to, to the classroom of the school, and I put them all in her little basket. And uh, that was my indication. But I just done a search on her and see if, I, if she still lives. I was going to ask her, I said, do you remember me? I'm going back about the, you know, 50 years or so. And I want to attest to the other thing, too, about uh, a, a good morning piss is about like having sex. You're absolutely right. As you get older, you look forward to that good morning piss, and the relief that you get from it is about like having sex. <laughs> There's a lot of truth I, there. So you standing on that, then, huh, brother, brother Piaki? You standing on that. So, so let me yeah, ask you this real experience quick, brother. If you, if, you, if you make those equivalent, uh, do you see that as 
if it becomes a, if it becomes equivalent for someone who hasn't settled down because you know you've been a long time married, so I get that it you know it could become equivalent to you per se. But for people that are like myself uh, and and younger people in a world in which they're not you know you know we you know we always talk about that on the show how people in a sense are having trouble with long term relationships. If it gets to that point while you're still trying to find a situation, then does it does it not become less important? And for my, you know, you've been married a long time, so the question I want to ask you is, how important is, if you will, the sexual intimacy, uh, in your opinion, for someone who's been married for a long time? Like that's something that you well, know a lot of as us you get older, try to figure out. Yeah, Montoya, as you get older, it's not the first thing on your mind. You know, as you coming up through your twenties, you can literally watch your life go out through the head of your penis. But as time goes by, uh, that excitement, that enthusiasm, that expectation kind of diminishes and you get into more of the substance of life, and especially who it is that you're experiencing. There's so much to see, so much to enjoy, so much to share, and you get into the mode should be of experiencing that and sharing it with somebody else. But now as you get older, the thrill is gone, like, yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And I'm and then one more quick one, and then I'll jump it over to um, Dr. Grady and, and, and Angela as well. And so um, I remember in my 20s, and again, maybe you can give some advice on this, but I remember in my 20s, the thing that I was so afraid of was I was still in the military um, in my mid-20s, and I remember a lot of the guys that I was in the military with, they would all tell me how they was barely having sex in their marriage and they had been married anywhere from 10 to 20 years at this point. Some of them 30, some late 30, some of them 40s, so a few of my age, but most of them are a little older than me. And I just remember, to your point, like you said, your whole life can be lived out, focused on that, on, on sex, if you will. And so I just remember that actually made me afraid of marriage by hearing that that was it was so limited, and again, some of them was only five to ten years older than me. So, any advice on that? Because I know at that time it scared the hell out of me. Well, <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think they meant to scare you. I think they were telling you what the reality is. Because, you know, at one point in time, uh, a young lady will be built like a stallion, but as she get older, that armor will wear off. And it started wearing off around at the age of 30. And maybe a little bit before that depends on the life you live in. But, the, you know, that's just nature. That's the way human beings, especially the male, were designed to do. They were designed to uh, get involved in those type of activities unless you're very dedicated to this one person. But uh, it goes both ways. Some are and many not. Nah, fair enough. Thank you for your call this morning, Brother Pia. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you. Um, Angela, any thoughts? Again, I was just, you know, he's a long time caller, so I gave him a little more time. But but the last thing I just asked about, I remember, I specifically remember it, like 25, I was like 25, I think I was 27. And it literally scared me because to Dr. Grady's point, Accessibility has been, you know, accessibility to sex is becoming more and more for each generation. And so at that point, because it was so accessible, it actually made me say, well, dang, do I really want to get married if all these men are, in a sense, telling me that they're, you know, they're only getting sex once a week, once every two weeks? And I'll say one more thing. 
And when I even in my thirties working later at another job, I was the women were sharing how that you know that once or once every two weeks that's all they wanted to give their husband. And so that didn't really shore me up either, even in my late uh, in, a, in a like a, in a corporate office, if you will. And these women sharing that they actually thought that that that, that was okay. And I'm thinking their husbands can't be okay with this, but they were adamant that it was okay. Any thoughts, Angie? Uh, Yeah, so I think what has happened a lot of times in relationships, we confuse the sex and the intimacy part, right? Uh, As the caller said, our bodies change. That's male and female. And if it's always just on the physical act of sex, then we lose the intimacy in the relationship. So a lot of times in those relationships, it is a huge part of the relationships going forward, but how you show up in an intimate space that we forget about. Um, I do coach a lot of couples that, Sometimes women want a lot more than the men, maybe because it's medications and that type of thing. But it's about to it's about being intimate and having that connection. And a lot of times, when they're together, people are together for a long time. We may drift off into different spaces. How do we come back together? We can be intimate. Maybe not hit, not penetration, but intimacy is more important than the actual physical sex act. But there are um, any thoughts, Dr. Grady, on that? Again, I was deaf. They scared the shit out of me. Well, like, they, like, not, I'd be like, but the PRC said, maybe they wasn't trying to, but that's how I took it at 27. I think that, you know, when you listen to these conversations, of course you get spooked because you look at yourself in those conversations. But I think that, you know, I was sitting here thinking, I think that a lot of times men want somebody that's going to give them that pleasure all at once. And when they can't find it, then they start looking for it. And, and I think women do the same thing, too. But I think when you talk about marriage and intimacy, I think that the brother was right, though. As you with somebody for years, I don't think that the sex piece becomes the focus now. It's about being comfortable and how we make each other happy. I think that depending on what your sex drive is, too, it makes a big difference. Because some of, some of these older couples that's been together, their sex drive is way better. I just, I wonder, for me, it's always the question, is how do you keep that same person happy with all this time? if that's been your only person. I deal with a lot of couples that they have infidelity issues where somebody stepped out. And it ain't just men all the time. It's women, too, that just weren't happy because they weren't getting that intimacy piece. They're great providers. You know, the kids are doing well. But I'm missing that piece, and I can't get that same energy. For me, I I don't think that that scared me from marriage or being with somebody because I was always my own person. But... It made me raise my antennas on that and trying to do what they was doing that didn't make them happy, so to speak. So I'm analyzing and processing. How can I be better? And I don't know if I could ever be better because, again, those conversations I'm really had is just you do and you get the results and you kind of see it in the results. If you didn't, you kind of know you didn't. It wasn't ever that really open discussion about that. No, I, no, I get that, and, I, and I'm just relating it to today's discussion from the standpoint of I would offer that my fear – comes from the environment that we're talking about right now. I'm talking, you know, that, that fear I had at 27 and then revisit it even years later, still hearing, you know, in a sense, hearing these wives saying, yep, that's all it is and that should be enough. And I'm just highlighting that my process probably comes from the current environment of where high body counts are normal because here I am not married thinking, Hell, I get sex more than once a week, so especially at 27, <laughs> I get sex more than once a week. 
So, Understood. like I said, it literally, I'm going, why the hell would I get married if right. I can't have you know, sex? I'm just, again, I'm not saying unlimited. it's right. I'm just unlimited. saying the mentality comes from it. Oh, I'm sorry. I dropped it. Right. Right. No, I'm saying, like, unlimited. Like, when you marry, it's going to be unlimited. Now it's a cap on it. So, hold on. Wait a minute. You know, but my thing is, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's a cap on it, but it's like now, but my thing is is that we got to realize, let's keep it a buck, man. Like society today promotes that. So women, I can raise my kid. I don't need a man. Man, you don't have to be committed to have a relationship. So we promote, we don't promote that. Well, you know, you should have that one person. Like, I don't really hear everybody talking about you have one person. You listen to music, you listen to movies. Everybody's screwing and screwing and fucking a thousand people. And it's okay. But that's supposed to be, that's just for satire. No, nah, but that's the way we promote things now. Society has made a paradigm shift. It used to be a time of get married, raise your family. You know, that's what it was coming out of high school because I came off the baby boomer age. Raise your family, come out of high school, be a stand-up father, be a stand-up husband. That ain't what it is no more. I know way more people that's divorced and been married a thousand times or going through a thousand relationships, and they not committed. They just okay with how things move. And, and we call no, those a swing. Yeah, that's a new thing now. No, absolutely. I actually skipped the break, so I got to jump in and throw this break in. I do apologize. Uh, let me get this break out because we've got another one at the bottom of the hour, so let me get it out real quick. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? You lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not. TCHmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with TCHmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. TCHmedia.ai is here to change the game. Change the game. Change the game. Change the game. Trying to figure out is why men deserve most men always get looked upon like like they're not a hoe. Why is it different well, for women than it is for men? Because men and women are different. They and, are. And because they are. Because uh, it's easy for us to get sex. The world doesn't like think highly of you if you do what's easy. And men getting sex is hard. Mm-hmm. So if they do what's hard, it's mm-hmm. valued. If we do what's easy, it's not. So for you, for example, for you um, as a lady, you're, mm-hmm. you're very pretty, um, attractive. Thank um, you. Um, black woman. And and on Instagram, I'm not having seen your Instagram, but mm. I'm sure if you put on your Instagram every single day that um you you was lonely and you wanted some company, I'm sure you wouldn't have any problems with people messaging you. Or if you asked you asked for people to take you out, but if one of us did that and said that we wanted sex, we would probably have our Instagram shut down. Now the difference with us is no. <laughs> okay, go on. if 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 in order for me to sleep with a hundred women, um, especially quality beautiful women, mm. I would have to have some type of value about myself. In order for you to um, sleep with 100 men, you don't have to do anything but just say it. And you can just walk down the road and you would find men that will sleep with you. Um, so that's why... Uh, well, what about men that lie? Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Connor, the mistress of sexuality, as well as our special guest mental health therapist, Dr. Anthony Grady. And so... I don't think we could, again, we're focused on the men, if you will, but I don't think it's 
um, fair to have this conversation to not highlight that intrinsic difference of why this conversation typically is focused on the women and how she's looked at. Um, and I, and as much as we're pointing out, hey, here's the risk of being in a society that encourages high body counts, you get desensitized to sex. I'm giving my personal examples of how just hearing how people were having marriage, having sex within a marriage scared me. Again, I think trumped up against this current society is why something like that played a role in scaring me to, you know, in a sense, settling down. Uh, again, I'm just talking about the psychology of all of that. And so then sharing that cut, another one from just um, just Pearly, if you will, in sharing that cut, uh, I think it would be remiss not to share. There still is a difference between the sex sexes of how it's looked at, and I would say in part, because of, of that difference is why a lot of us as men don't even think about the risks that are associated with it because like the guy said in the cut, it's harder in a sense for us to accomplish per se, you know, clearly in, in the more accessible era in 2023, not as hard as it used to be, if you will, but it still requires, as the guy said, this, this step. And so I would offer what we talked about in the first hour is part of the reason why men in a sense are not looked down upon. So again, it encourages it more, but there are a lot of risks associated with it. Um, Dr. Grady, any thoughts to that cut? Um, you know, just, I, I don't know, man. I'm just still processing. <laughs> it's, it's all over the place for me. You know, as we start talking and going in different directions about it and how we look at it and who's being impacted and who's not being impacted, I just think that the emotional psyche of it is where we are right now today in this age. I think that plays a big part in how we view sex today. You know, and to take a step further, this thing now swingers, you know, that that's the new thing. You know, they're, they're, they're now really saying that it's okay to experiment. And, and, and then where's the safety in that? Not that there are not parameters around that, because I'm not one, but I, I know and hear so many different stories. I, I just... I just guess I look at it very different because of the time I grew up and how I'm looking at it now with people I deal with. It's still very um, all over the place for me personally. No, that's fair. Um, Angela, again, I thought we had to at least bring that that difference does exist. I think it's a reality that has to be, in a sense, brought to the table. But, I, again, I think it plays a role in why a lot of us as men who collect high body counts are unaware of the issues, in my opinion. But your thoughts on the cut? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, I, have, I heard what Brother was saying. I, this stuff has always been there, right? We're just in that age and space where we can have the conversations, which is why we have a lot of fears a lot of times because we saw things happen in different ways and you know, as growing up, we saw that in the conversations that we heard. So we're in a space now that we can really have those conversations and kind of deal with it, which is the first time this really has happened in our history to be able to really talk about it. Um, you know, it's, it's mixed conversations. I think um, realizing that sex is not about power. I mean, we have in our history, we've always used sexuality, body counts, and that type of thing about power and control and really shifting that from consent to consent and really about what we desire as people and not just about control, which is what it's always been in the past, what the majority of time has been in the past, about um, 
which is why we view women differently than we do men when it comes to body counts. But again, you know, it's a conversation that is starting more so than anything else because we are all over the place. Um, three cents. Always three cents out here. Three hey, cents. Area code I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. We'll um, get back. We'll get right out. We'll get to you coming directly out of the break. Again, 912, last three, 913. We will get to you coming out of this break. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Hey, are you a wine drinker? Eh, a little bit here and there, but, but my wife definitely loves her. Why you ask? Man, you got to try this vegan wine by Sip and Share Wine. I ran across them at this event in Atlanta, and now I keep me a few bottles at the house. What, what flavor you like? Um, I mean, I like me a good red or, or maybe a nice dipping deal or something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Try the sweet red first. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's nice and smooth right there. Yeah, that's kind of sweet like I like it. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. That's why I like that one as well. Hey, hey, now try this Conjure Zippendale. This one was featured in Forbes magazine as a top 10 drink for the summer. See what you think. Oh, okay. Now that's fire right there. Where can I get a bottle of that? Just go to sipandsharewines.com. They'll ship it right to your door. They black on too. Oh, yeah? Okay, you said what? Sipandsharewines.com? Is that it? Yep. Bad. We talking this double standard. Yo, it's low, my nigga. But everybody in here saying it's a double standard. Right. We ain't got it going to the. When you get your numbers up after a while, you forget the numbers. I tried to bag a chick that I smashed a whole summer one time and totally forgot. Yo, man. He totally forgot, my nigga. <laughs> I was like, damn, you look good. What's up? What's your name? She was like, you serious? Man, we Clear out. Like, you serious? <laughs> I was like, oh, no way. Wrong name. No, I said the wrong name. And she was like, you ain't shit, nigga. Oh. And then it all came back. I was like, oh, the shower. The th- oh, damn. Ah. Oh, shit. That's crazy. I ain't shit, man. God damn. It's part of the, the journey. It's part of the journey. Journey, I like that. It's part of the journey. I, I like Heineken, man. Yeah. It's part of the journey. So, welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Angela Conner, as well as special guest mental health therapist Dr. Anthony Hello. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you dropped for a second, or I dropped for a second. Yeah, I'm still here. This is where is this? Is this Montoya? No, this is Dr. Grady. Oh, okay. I, I just, I'm waiting on you. Maybe he dropped for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we need to hold it down, huh, until he drops back yeah, on. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so uh, I didn't hear that finish at last. I heard the clip starting. Do you want to jump on, or did you hear more of the clip? I, mean, I heard the oh, clip. I heard the guy talking. They forgot. Mm-hmm. They forgot who they had slept yeah. with. Yeah. Right? Yep. And he said he, he called the person the wrong name. 
And so, you know, yeah, when you, when you have that many people and you, you just don't, if you don't value it, of course, it becomes just a chore. And you start mixing names because you, you're just where you are. And, and it happens. I, I, um, it happens way more often than we think, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, again, that, for me, that, that alcohol conversation, a lot of times when I talk to brothers, it's like, oh, yeah, we did. I, I don't remember who she was, but I remember I met her at the club, and next thing I know, we were at her house. I don't even know her name. Like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. I got knocked off real quick, so I'm back on here. Thank y'all, Queen. Thank you, yeah. both of y'all. Thank no, you. But you know the thing? I actually want to get... I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to get Vaughn... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that a lot of times people don't even think about the risk. Like, when we talk about this, about, and we keep talking about it, but I think we kind of minimize the risk about having these body counts where a lot of times we still talk about a lot of people having these body counts is unprotected. It ain't even yeah. about, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a smash, and, man, I got to calm down my part. It's I'm a smash, and that that's what it is. You know, and, and, and walk away from it like it was nothing. And so that, to me, is where the, the high-risk behaviors come into play. Like, my thing is, if that's what you're going to be on, at least be safe. We ain't even talking about the, the safety act that comes with this to a certain degree that people get into these situations, and, and then they're okay. Oh, man, I went wrong with her, man. And it's like there's a badge of honor. So there's so much that dumbass. Uh, you do know you can contract something with that. We don't do that. It's, it's a high five or a pat on the back. Or uh, girls get around and they sit in their little groups because women do it too. Oh, you did what? What did he do? And how was he? Was he this? Was he that? And it's like, man, at the end of the day, did y'all protect yourself? Now somebody talked about these babies. And I have to say this. You know, my old boss said this one time, and I do social work, and he was like, Man, a lot of these kids is mistakes, and I lost my shit because I didn't understand. And what he said was a lot of these pregnancies were unplanned. But I heard it when he especially yeah. started talking about having abortions and getting rid of babies. My thing, how fair is that? How many wear tears on a body, and then how many relationships are shitty because I end up having a baby with you because we were just smashing each other? Now I'm stuck with you, or you stuck with me, and we can't get together. Then we talk about the impacts of how to impact the kids, too, because we don't talk about the mental stress the kids get. When they got two no, parents absolutely. that screwed up because no, they absolutely. really wasn't into each other, they just fucking on each other. Excuse my friends, but yeah, it's no, right. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Now, and I respect that a hundred percent. And uh, you know, just highlighting, just real quick, I want to get to the um, caller. I'm sorry, I got knocked off, uh, but I'm just also, you know, just highlighting that unfortunately, you know, the things you're talking about are the things that were that are absolutely we've lived out, and we unfortunately. Um, kind of understand with high body count, especially with no protection, you know, that is the risk again, just, but it's, I think what we, what we most misunderstand is the psychology of it, whether you're protecting yourself or not. Let me go to brother Vaughn um, calling us here as well. Hey, brother Vaughn, thanks for holding on. I got knocked off. I was trying to get you on sooner, but glad to get you on King. What you got for us? Peace. Um, it's kind of coming a little low, so I don't know if it's just your connection or something. I, don't, I, don't, I think your connection is good. You just sound low. How about now? Is that better? Real low. Yeah, it's a better. Whatever you're doing now is a lot better. Go ahead, King. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I don't – y'all forgive me if y'all touched on this part already. Um, I didn't get to hear the first part of the show, but uh, I think high body count on men absolutely matters uh, because it also compromises our ability to bond. You know, we use terms like pair bonding, if that's the, one, if that's the word you want to use, or, or soul ties, if you want to use that. Uh, but ultimately – um, it's an energy exchange that takes place when men and women come together. And and we're sampling all of these different energies from different people. 
Um, make no mistake about it, there are energies being exchanged. And the more exchanges of energies, the more we surrender our, a piece of ourselves out into uh, or at least make a piece of ourselves unavailable for the person that we ultimately want to be with. And it does affect our ability to bond to the person. So for a man that has had, let's say, 100 sex partners, especially if they were intimate, but uh, even just on a, on, a, on a foundational level, the more partners we have, yeah, the more it compromises our ability to bond. Um, Angela, any thoughts to what our um, caller had to say? Um, no, agreed. I mean, we talked, I touched on it a little bit, you know, sexual energy is exchange. Energy is more than just the physical part. It's the mental and spiritual part of sexuality. It does make it tougher, especially if you don't know who you are. Um, so it's a valid point. So, yeah, thank you for bringing it up, Bob. All right, brother. Um, all right, Dr. Grady, any thoughts to to what the brother's bringing up as well? Like saying, hey, this is much deeper than, than, than we think, um, if, if, you, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that when you talk about energy, oh, it's, it's definitely energy exchange, and, and, and that energy is, is critical in that experience. And so, yeah, I agree on 100%. I think there is a big energy exchange that, that comes when we talk about having sex or, or the connection we're trying to make when having sex. So that plays a big part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hey, Vaughn, while I got you, um, have you heard anything about this, brother? Because I know I've, I've seen some of this, re- just a little bit of this research, and I'm, I'm, I would assume you're actually maybe familiar with it because I know some of the work you do. But I've even, um, um, I always get it mixed up. What's the um, oxytocin? Am I saying that right? Is that the love? Uh, Angela, is that what it, is that the, am I saying it right? The love, the love bonding uh, chemicals. Yeah, the love bonding chemicals, Bond- oxytocin. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, and so I've always heard this, brother Von, and see it. And again, I think it's part of the reason why there's a culture where we think it doesn't matter for us as men. Is um, I saw research where it says that you know, in a sense, during sex, that in a sense, while men and women both release it during sex, apparently women release a lot more. And there's even research to say that the most that a woman will experience uh, oxytocin release is in her first pleasurable experience. So whether, the, you know, the very first time is pleasurable in the event that it's not, then, you know, obviously that's a different different thing. But the, her, her first pleasurable situation will be, in a sense, the biggest release, the biggest connection to, and that over time in the event that, those exchanges keep happening. She she releases less and less, and yeah. to your point, it affects our ability to bond. I think for us as men, who again have a similar release, but maybe not as much, we just kind of dismiss it, and we have this idea. I remember as a young man, you know, kind of thinking, you know, for example, a few of the women that I was with, and I was their first one. I remember them staying attached to me for a number of years in the way that others would not. And I remember, you know, not that that's my own personal experience, but I would also have peers and we literally had a saying about if you're a girl's first, you know, you can kind of always get with her. And I, you know, relatively lived that out to a degree. So have you heard any of that, any, any information backing up that thought? And what I, what I'm ultimately saying is, but we miss your point and realize that that also happens for men. But as young boys, we didn't see it like that at all. 
Right. Yeah, I think both things are both things have some validity to it for sure. Uh, I think one of the things that also gets lost or misrepresented is this idea that women are emotional while men are logical. Um, but we're all emotional beings. We just have varying degrees of of expressing logic and varying degrees of expressing emotion. There are some scenarios, I'm sure you, we've all seen it, where men get super attached and the woman isn't mm-hmm. attached. You know, so again, there's yeah, there like, I've been whipped. I've been whipped before. I've been whipped. That's what you know. We used to call it whipped. Yeah, yeah. So we don't we don't know thing about the human experience yet. There's still a lot of things that are unknown. So right now, that oxytocin, for instance, is measurable. But there's something that's also taking place with men where you see these guys who are getting whipped. And so I just, you know, in order to put it where the ghosts can get it, where we can all eat from it, I just call it a sexual energy exchange where there's something that's taking place in each of these interactions where we surrender a piece of ourselves to the other person and it affects men also in a very great capacity. And if you want to say it affects 65, 35, whatever number you want to put on it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. The point is still the same. Men are still affected greatly. Nah, fair enough. And I, and I've went as far as, and again, this is just personal relative experience. Um, and I'll, you know, get one last thought for me and let you go, but thank you for calling in, brother. Um, but I'll go as far as um, kind of surmising just kind of for me loving to watch the world and what I see out there. Again, this is a relative, anecdotal me, you know, my experience. So, again, just wondering what anybody else thinks about it. But I would offer that men do not easily leave a sister that blows their mind sexually. And, and I'm talking about to the point where – uh, we were talking about this earlier, Dr. Grady, you may remember this, but to a point earlier where, like, even in high school, if you will, if there's, in a sense, some woman that's looked at as the neighborhood hoe, for example, and if some guy goes and locks her up as a girlfriend, as guys, we look down on that guy for doing it, but the times that we say that, you know, from my observations, when I saw it happen, it would be a young man who had less sexual experiences and he would be so blown that he would, in a sense, yep. make the neighborhood girl his 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 the neighborhood hoe his girl. I'm getting that's the yep. terminology that we really use yep. at that age. Go ahead, tell right. who up jumping. Go ahead, right. Justin. I, that's that's right. true. I mean, what you're saying is true. That that's 100 percent true. And, and and then you get he get knocked, but then he's the one that will be broken when that pleasurable experience or that level is different. Because then he because he's locked in. That goes back to that energy. And then we talk about experience and then conversation. And so it was. It was almost like, for me, it was funny like when guys would go to strip clubs and then they would get a girl and she's a dancer or a stripper. And now it's like, you fell in love with a stripper. You know, like, you know what she be doing? Because the erotic intimacy in our head or the pictures we think that they can do and don't do. And then sometimes we realize, too, in this situation, it wasn't even all that. But I'm locked in now because of that energy. And so I agree with you 100%. I think growing up, I think we all experienced that, especially growing up in the hood. Like, I don't know about suburban life, but in the hood, oh, that was a no-no. You know, that was almost like, man, you did that. What's wrong with you? Where your player card at? So, right, we, we perceive a lot of things very different, man. It's true. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, Von, yeah, I just want to give you a thought that that, that energy is so true for men because I've been whipped before in a situation where two, three years prior to that, based on what I understood a man was supposed to be or a player was supposed to be, I wouldn't have done it. She blew my mind, and here I am going against the so-called player rules. And so just to your point, 
like you said, whether it's 60-30 one way or the other, it happens both ways, and I, I, would, assume, I would assume that that's an example of it. Uh, one last thought, and I got to let you go, brother, but thank you so much for your three cents this morning. Did I lose you? I was giving you one last thought before I let you go. I may have lost the caller. All right, y'all. Am I, am I still alive? Because I've been dropping off today myself. I want to make sure I'm good. Y'all still hear me? Yeah, you still hear me. All right, cool, cool. Just checking. Yeah, we've been having some technical difficulties this morning. We're getting through it, though. Let me go to this last break, and we'll get right back with our last segment. This morning's discussion question, men with high body counts, does it matter? We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, definitely connect with me directly on at mentaldialogue.com. You can call me directly or go to IG, mental underscore IG, Underscore, I'm sorry, mental underscore dialogue and direct message me, and we can definitely make sure your products and service are to the smartest audience in all of radio. Want to highlight next weekend is our Black Love Summer, so we got a whole weekend lined up, uh, especially for those of you in the Atlanta area. Every third Friday, we have the Mental Dialogue Live Experience at Urban Grind, Black-owned coffee shop here in the Midtown area. So that on June, July the 21st, we will have the live experience. We'll be using our Mental Olympics formats. We're focused on finances and love, Black Love Summer. So it'll be a good time on Friday night. But we are also including a black love dinner. Uh, the brother you just heard, Vaughn, um, Vaughn says, a high dynamic relationship coach. Uh, him and his wife will be attending the black love dinner in addition to a couple of other couples who include uh, one of our members who's just got married to his wife. So we're going to take basically do a dinner and have some dialogues to make sure we are wrapping our arms around their new marriage, if you will, and giving us insights to, in a sense, hopefully they can extend themselves to a long marriage. Again, we believe in black love in this um, community club. So know that when you're supporting the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, you are also supporting those efforts as well. And then Jazz in the Alley in Riverdale, uh, we'll be supporting them right after that dinner. And then next Sunday, I have a book signing for re-education of the Negro at Bakari's Pizza, uh, another one of our new sponsors at 1 p.m. So we got Events lined up the entire weekend. Go to mentaldialogue.com to find out about those events if you are in Atlanta. This morning's discussion question, men with high body body counts, does it matter? Special guest co-host, Mistress of Sexuality, Angela Connor, as well as mental health therapist, Dr. Anthony Grady. And right before the break, um, speaking of uh, men getting, in a sense, whipped, if you will, getting admitting that that's definitely happened to me in the past. And Dr. Grady kind of said it as well, like, hey, that experience can happen um, to the point of that energy exchange that Vaughn was talking about. Well, here's something that popped in my head. So 
you know, in this sexuality, this age of access to sex, if you will, it's almost like, and, you know, and I've been guilty of this, if you will, like you want to become masterful at the ability to have sex, if you will, because there is this thought that if, in a sense, if I can blow her mind or vice versa, I can blow his mind, there may be a higher level of attachment. And so because those type of attachments can happen, like that seems to be kind of how you end up leading, if you will, in this era, in the sense that, okay, you know, as a man, I got body counts. I haven't really considered all the energy exchanges that's happened to me or vice versa for a woman. Um, has it considered what the effect has been on her personally or whatever? And so the goal becomes, can I blow this person's mind with sex? I think that is unfortunately a, uh, uh, something that has come out in this era, and we're not thinking about even the dangers of seeking attachment with sex being our leading quality. Again, just throwing it out as a perception that, you know, personally, I'm guilty of to a degree, and I think it may be something that's prevalent. Um, any thoughts on that, Dr. Grady? Um, I mean, it just goes back to what we've been saying, man. I think when you look at the bigger picture at the end of the day is just, you know, what conversations are really being had at the table today. Um, for me, I think communication today is, is definitely broken because people don't want to be embarrassed. So when I hear you talk about that and we talk about everything we talked about, you know, communication is critical, man. Like, I, I need to know who I'm dealing with. And I think when I get into that conversation with people, people don't know people. You know, we only know what the um, representative is brought to the table. And then we start learning who the person is, we start forming opinions, or we form thoughts of who they are. Like, you talked about the young lady who might not have had in high school that you had a crush on, didn't really have a high body count. But because of the perception of who she was, you found out later she really didn't, but later on went on to make choices and do things. I think that's critical. Um, we we don't we don't investigate, and we have to we have to figure out how we can bridge that gap. Well, yeah, and that's part of the dialogue of you know, in a sense, trying to have you know, say we say we don't have those conversations, and that was that's the goal of today is having the conversations. Yep. What does it look like? Yep. What do we psychologically need to look at to be aware of? Because sometimes things become habit if nobody's even pointing it out then you don't even know not to go in that direction so again i think again i'm just proposing that the idea of leading with sex makes sense again i think it's become prevalent i'm not saying i'm right i'm just highlighting that you know as i assess what we're experiencing during this time where again men typically are not even you know addressed for their high body counts that that there are risks that I, again, I think we've brought up today that should be considered. Um, any thoughts, Angela? Again, I just think the idea of blowing each other's mind kind of comes from the, the this explosion of sex in a way where we've lost the intimacy of it and applying it uh, in you know in a sense in possibly building families. I think it takes us in the wrong direction. Again, that was just a, my that's my three cents about it. But your thoughts, Queen? Yeah. So I don't know if we've ever really. We never really have tapped into the intimacy and the sexuality part of relationships, right? So I think now we have a surge of leading with sexuality where it's a huge part. So in our in our communities, we either talk about it or we don't, you know. So it's about, it's about bringing that balance in, in the mix that it is a critical part of relationships. It's a part of who we are and, how, and knowing who you are. And it's not about blowing our minds. It's about the connection. So once we pivot, 
which is a part of this conversation, is pivoting what we think about net in relationships. Because it's not well, about yeah, I mean, you know, we're asking, you know, does it matter, you know, for men to, in a sense, have these body counts? And again, I think we have a society that doesn't really address it at all. And I'm not, my hope, my goal is to say it, it is a problem or it isn't. It's just what is it that we're not thinking about? Because, you know, clearly at the end of the day, if there's issues within, let's, you know, let's say you and I are dating um, Angela, clearly if there's issues, you know, in, in our communicating, that's going to play a role in a lot of areas within our lives or whatever. I'm just highlighting that I don't know that it's simply the lack of communication. I think there's an unawareness to the risk of these things because the STDs are the obvious risk that a lot of people don't care about. Like, unfortunately, like in Atlanta, um, our, you know, our, our, for example, AIDS is, is actually very high. For example, here in Atlanta, that a lot of people, again, are not aware of because we don't have that messaging on TV anyway anymore. So there's a lot of risk to, you know, Dr. Grady's point earlier that people are taking that are kind of the obvious things that, I would say the psychology that we're not talking about is partly why people are willing to take some of those risks, like why they are willing to have unprotected sex. Like, yeah, like we, like we can all three agree that that's an issue. The why right. somebody's willing to do it, I think, is, the, is trying to get into the psychology of why that exists, what's being encouraged. Go ahead, um, um, Angela. I'm sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you. I was just agreeing with you. Okay, now got you, got you, got you, got you. And so, so yeah, that's part of the goal is like figuring out, you know, I think Dr. Grady, you talked about it, like your friend that who's like also bragging about, and I did it wrong or whatever. Like in your, you know, obviously I'm not saying to call it your personal friend, but in the sense of what do you think is behind someone willing to take that type of risk? You know what I mean? I mean, just in general, like those, because people are taking more of those risks to, you know, and to include in this high body count age, people are taking those risks, if you will. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know, it, it, it goes back to, you know, and I have to use this young man I talked about. So I got a young man, man, and and I have to say this, you know, it's to the point where young people are so bold. He's in front of his mama talking about, man, I got to bust a nut. This is what he said in front of his mom. And so I'm looking at him like, really? And then we got more to it, that facade of I need to feel it. I, I need to have that, that I want to feel all of it versus let me protect myself and still get the same pleasure. I think that, you know, I was sitting here thinking as you guys were talking, is that, you know, the exposure is very different. You know, you have to understand something. When you can see certain things done on the Internet, because the mind is the, the, mind is the, the most dangerous thing on a person's body because a mind can make you think, feel, or see things that really are not what should be. Mm-hmm. But if you have that type of exposure and you're seeing things that, when I was growing up, shit, we had to steal my daddy's um, Playboy books. You know, to, yep, to look at I, what was going on. You know, we, we didn't have that. Or we had to hang with the older guys who were who were out here in the streets telling you and teaching you how to be a man to what that looked like. Now, this shit is so relevant on the shelf. You you see all kinds of, I mean, I have kids looking at porn with animals, porn with old people, sex. And oh I'm, talking about, I'm talking about I got a kid that's at the age of 12 and 13 that are already playing and masturbating with themselves because sex is so over-dramatized because they expose you. These kids can go and see things. I tell people as parents, kids are already 10 steps ahead of us. By the time we catch up where they at, kids, they're on the next chapter. We're still on chapter one. So the exposure of what's being put out here plays a big part because, remember, we're mental beings. 
And so when we see things, we're visual. Even though we're auditory as well, but we're more visual because if I see it, it, it makes more sense to me depending on how I perceive it. And so when I started hearing that, you know, these guys are always talking about, man, I got to feel it. I want to nuts. But, you know, they make condoms that are so damn thin that it almost gives you that same pleasure. But, oh, no, I can't do it. It, it holds me back from busting. So let me, let me ask you this. You would rather take the chance on catching a disease or having a baby with somebody you don't want to roll over with tomorrow because you really said, man, I just fucking on her, versus saving yourself a little bit of time, a little bit of extra effort, and moving forward. Because I tell people, I tell my buddies this all the time, I don't care how you make your money, I don't care who you're sleeping with, as long as you say. Because I've never gotten into that. But they don't get that. It's all about my image, my my how how this looks and how that is. And then when I hear women talk about it, it's all about pleasure. It's all about, man, I, I made him do this, and he did that. And it's like, at the end of the day, Goes back to my brother said, "Is where's the connection? Where's the energy at? For that moment, then after that, it's something totally different. So I just think that exposure and the thought of, man, I got to feel it. I got to feel it. You know? Yeah. No, nah, that's real. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Grady, for a great conversation. Uh, let people figure out how they can stay in contact with you if they want to follow your work or if anybody wants to, you know, receive an assessment, um, please let them know how they can stay in contact with you. But thank you for the show today. Thank you for getting on with us. Hey, man, I appreciate you always, big dog. And congratulations on that book, man. I got to come down and show you some love, man. I've been trying to get down there because, you know, we do this confused line up here. So I got to link up with you, man. That's love, bro. You're always trying to give a positive twist and a positive spin on, on how we have to think as black people, just but as people as general, trying to figure out how to get to the next level, man. I love you for that always, bro. Uh, thank you. Love, love you too, King. Um, any contact information you want to give out before we let you go? Because we only got about 30 Yeah. Listen, let me give you my email address. My email is um, HHH3H as in Harry, M as in Marcus, two L's in Larry, C as in Cat at gmail.com. Best way to reach out to me so we can get back and have a great conversation. Or if you just have something you want to ask me. Nah, sounds good. Angela, any contact information? Thank you, Queen, for a great show this morning. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Instagram, Facebook, um, the Wifey Life Tribe, or the Wifey Life. You can just inbox me, and I got All you. All right, thank y'all. See y'all next Saturday. I'm on my way to get off the couch live. I'm on a Black Men's Healing panel at 1.30 p.m. If you're out in the Atlanta area, go to getonthecouchlive.com. It is a um, full afternoon event, so if you're close, come out and check it out. I'm going to talk about Black Men Healing. Thank y'all. Great show. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Peace.